Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. Welcome to the main event, Mark Podcast on the Unhinged Sports Network. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, Troy. And with me as always is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia, the main event collector. He is the atom bomb to my crush. He is Greg. What's up, Greg? Good Lord. Yeah. This shows. Man. Well, let me ask you, after watching New Blood Rising... Uh, 2000, and going from that to, uh, or, well, going from, it, re- it replaced Road Wild, which would you rather have? Uh, is neither a choice? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say the third choice is Death, which I would gladly take. <laughs> uh, waiting for the sweet release of Death. <laughs> but, I, uh, yeah. First of all, I like how you call it the New Blood Rising 2000, insinuating there might have been more than one. Well, yeah. <laughs> And second, go from Road Wild, Hog Wild to this. Yeah. Well, and if anybody wants Maybe to... Maybe feels cursed and it was destined to have bad pay-per-views. Yeah. It's I mean, like, for yeah. Right. It's like, what's WWE doing? Oh, SummerSlam? We got that beat. Sturgis, baby. Bro, the new blood will rise, bro. And I like how they go from Sturgis, what is it, South Dakota? To, uh, and they're like, yeah, they're like, how can we get like more into a barren wasteland than that? Oh, I know, Vancouver. (laughs) I didn't say it. (laughs) Yeah, you can at me all you want, whatever. But I don't know. I I, I I didn't disagree either, but I didn't say it. We're putting off talking about the actual event at hand here, uh, which is New Blood Rising. You know. uh, Yeah, we're putting off for good reason because it's that bad. 
Well, if anybody goes back and listens to last year, we actually, around this time, covered uh, Road Wild 1999, which was the very last one. They were in Sturgis for the very last time. The main event was Hulk Hogan putting his career on the line against Kevin Nash's world title. And also and Kevin Nash's career. Yeah. yeah, so... You know, that th- that was a running thing. We talked about it before in WCW, where either Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair were always putting their career on the line. Sometimes both at the same time. So, whatever. But either way, that was, if you really want to go back and listen to, you know, what happened the year before this, it wasn't much better. And, you can and go why check would- that out. <laughs> yeah. Vampiro was also on that show, coming out to uh, Insane Clown Posse. And the Insane Clown Posse was on that show, actually. Just barf all around. <laughs> as a as a listener of the show and a friend of ours once texted me, turned on Road Wild 1999, sees Insane Clown Posse, turns off Road Wild 1999. That's it. I'm done. Yeah. Like, oh, well, never mind. That's uh, a pretty legit reason to be done with the show, by the way. So. I'm not saying he's wrong. I'll just say that. But I've already watched. I watched this live, by the way. Oh, lucky you. I'm just, I'm pointing that out. I'm like, man, I, I've seen it too many times. Yeah, I've seen it once, and that was enough. Uh, like, that was more than enough. To, I don't think I ever want to kick your ass more than you watch this. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it here in a few, but real quick, I want to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Fubo TV, which is the best way to cut the cord. The links are down in the podcast description. Subscribe now and let them know that the main event marks and the unhinged sports network sent you. Also, we're brought to you by Fanatics which has all the officially licensed gear for your favorite athletes and sports leagues. Check them out now. The links are down in the podcast description for that as well. On checkout, let them know that the Unhinged Sports Network and the main event Mark sent you. And we are pumped to let you know that we have a new sponsorship from Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code Main Event Marks, all one word, for 15% off your order. And if you are listening on the podcast feed on demand, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and some feedback. That is the best way to spread the word about us and get us noticed. And if you are not listening to us live, you can check us out every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on unhingedsn.airtime.pro. The immediate replay is at 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific. We also have replays at 8 p.m. Eastern on Thursdays. Fridays and Mondays. That's unhingedsn.airtime.pro. Are you ready to go into the news from this time, man? Oh, I'm ready. I got a feeling I know a couple things you're going to say. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll we'll take our first break, and when we come back, the news is going to be the best part of this. But we'll have fun with the event itself. We are going to take a, our first break. When we come back, we're going to go into this. We're, we're going to breach into the news here, meaning we're going in ass first right after this break. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Get all the best podcasts 
swag from the main event marks. Our merch shop offers custom graphics, including the podcast logo, on hats, shirts, masks, greeting cards, and more. There are tons of new designs with more dropping all the time. Just head on over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main event marks to grab your podcast merch today and become an official main event mark. That's redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main event marks. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we're back. Time to dive into the news and notes. It's uh, not even joking about this. This is usually everybody's favorite part of the show, including ours. So this is definitely going to be our favorite part uh, of this and, show. And I know we've gotten some feedback on something. I like not knowing what TJ is going to say. Yeah, or organic that or way. Troy, for most of you. I, I yeah. like okay because it's fun. Yeah. It's also a fun guessing game, like with me. I'm like, oh, what could he be talking about? We're going to see. I usually yeah. know at least two stories you're going to say, and I'm surprised on the rest. So. Right. Well, our first story here, it's uh, definitely our top story. We're going to lead with WCW this week. The future of WCW is in question this week as the company lost an estimated $7 million during this, the month of July which is by far the most money lost in a single month by any wrestling company in history. Uh, <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> uh, right now, WCW is on pace to lose a staggering $80 million over the course of this year. Meanwhile, there's a lot of talk about a possible merger between AOL and Time Warner and the need to get the company's losses under control. I wonder how that's going to go. Yeah. Well, AOL and Time Warner do merge. They uh, have a terrible baby together that uh, destroys WCW for good. As far as the money goes, I mean, this is straight from the Wrestling Observer, so they're going with, you know... So it's it's non- nonsense, got it. Yeah, right, it's, it's bogus. And uh, Brian Alvarez wrote the book, The Death of WCW, which Eric Bischoff has heavily disputed, and he even offered when he and Brian Alvarez were going to be at... Uh, it was one of the star casts. And he offered to debate Brian Alvarez. He was like, bring your book, bring your whatever research you claim that you've done, and we will have a debate. Yeah, right. And he's like, we will, you know, take questions from the audience and we'll have a debate on stage and and talk about this. And Brian Alvarez just flat out turned it down, said, nope, I refuse. And then Dave said, well, if he would have accepted, I would have been very mad at him. It's like, because you don't want to get called out on your BS. That can be the only reason. I want to point out, by the way, I don't know if anyone knows this, Bischoff refuses to sign that book at signings. Yep. That's a true story. He's, I think he said that's the only thing he refuses to sign. Because he, he said does. he's got, he said he's gotten asked to sign like some weird stuff, and that's the only thing he'll refuse to sign, because he doesn't want his name on that crap. And, and it's, that is heavily disputed by the book, it's just titled Nitro. Uh, I can't remember, do you remember off the top of your head, because they, they used to mention it all the time on Bischoff's podcast, who the hell wrote that thing? Uh, uh, no, I thought Brian wrote it. No, he he wrote the uh, the death of WCW. Um, night. Uh, oh, okay, okay. The book is called uh, Nitro. The oh, it's uh, Guy Evans. That's the writer of the book. But uh, sorry, my my Wi-Fi is a little slow here. But it's uh, Nitro: The Incredible Rise and an Inevitable Collapse of Ted Turner's WCW. But it's Rassin. just called Nitro, basically, and it's by a guy named Guy Evans. He spoke with, like, 
anybody who is anybody who knew anything. He did deep research, and the numbers do not add up with Brian Alvarez, who basically went through Uncle Dave and people who had third, fourth, and fifth-hand knowledge, or no knowledge at all, and were just trying to get in a book. So there you go. Terry Taylor. Oh, I I'm pretty sure he got Terry Taylor. But my thing is with like with the debate issue, if you know that you're right. And it's not like you're being invited to something you weren't going to go to. You're there. You're doing Q&As anyway. The other guy is there. He's doing Q&As. And he says, I'm going to debate. You know, if you want, we'll debate. Why would you turn that down if you think you're right? Because of my arm sales, you idiots. Yeah. that's If you think you're right, you don't turn down a debate like that. Because that can only make you look better and him and the other guy look like an idiot. But clearly, he didn't want to be made to look like an idiot, so he turned it down. Well, that's way too late. <laughs> right. Well, this is the same guy whose career was ended by Nick Gage. So, <sighs> Real statement, by the way. Uh, speaking of Eric Bischoff, by the way, his position in WCW was officially changed to consultant, and he's still under contract, but nothing is happening with him. He's still trying to get back into power, but... It's also, or he's also looking into attempting to put together a group to outright buy WCW. Brad Siegel has apparently decided to give Vince Russo his 100% support and take full control over the direction of the company. I wonder how that's going to go. Bro, this was after the reboot. I thought by this point, according to uh, Eric Bischoff, they had lost all confidence in Russo at this point. I thought they had already lost confidence in him and then they brought him back for the reboots. Yeah, that was my thing. So it's like, why is, like, why are they, like, ah, we're going to give him 100% support. Like, why? What has he done to change your mind? Unless you just they don't care at this point. Get something out of their investments? I don't know I'm, what the hell you get out of that, but, you know. I'm honestly thinking, uh, with everything that, how it transpired, I'm wondering if they actually put him in charge because they knew AOL and Time Warner did not want wrestling. And they're like, well, if we let this guy keep running the company, he'll run it straight to the ground and we'll have a really good excuse to cancel everything. <laughs> well, I mean, so, good play. Yeah, I mean, I really think that. Did you know there are people that actually think, like, actually believe that Vince that Vince Russo was actually on Vince McMahon's payroll for mm-hmm. a while, and he and secretly McMahon sent him there to destroy WCW. Pretty sure WCW was already dying before he got there. Yeah, well, he it, it was on life support. It could have been revived if it had the right people behind it, but there, you know, everybody in the office on down just sucked. And then they brought Vince Russo in to pull the plug, punch the the dying body until it did die, and then piss on the corpse. He dies. Don't! Yeah, he pissed on the corpse, lit it on fire, bro, and it was gone forever, bro. <laughs> oh, man. Real Russo statement, apparently. I haven't heard it. Many people have said it, though. <laughs> yeah, people don't know what we're talking about. Go back and listen to what, uh, we reviewed that show. What is it? It was King of the Ring 98. It was our first show. Yes, King of the Ring 1998, our very, yeah, our very first podcast, like Greg said, now in the archives, go check it out. There is a first blood match between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kane. If Kane said if he lost, he'd set himself on fire. 
And allegedly, Bruce Pritchard said uh, when they asked Russo, well, what, like, what if he loses, you know? And he, he said, well, then he's going to set himself on fire and he's gone forever, bro. <laughs> oh, man. That's My a favorite. real sentence. <laughs> Uh, Vince Russo, speaking of him, also did an interview recently talking about talking a big game about how WCW had to rebuild around younger stars and that the wrestlers are the stars, not him, etc. Yeah, coming from the guy who puts himself on TV all the time. All right. Uh, then in the same interview, he challenged Atlanta Braves baseball player John Rocker to a match on pay-per-view in New York, bro. Does anybody know why about John Rocker? I don't know if anyone knows, but. If you don't he's remember, the one that, he's the one that went off like, yep. in, racist, in racist terms on New Yorkers. Yep. Yep. Uh, if you don't remember, Rocker is the Braves player who caught who uh, was caught talking crap a while back for saying some things uh, or some pretty hateful things about New York and basically every ethnicity that lives there. And you don't need a Wikipedia to tell you they have like every demographic in New York. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like the United Nations there. <laughs> So, yeah, it's didn't he say something about like uh, I, I know something about like, I don't want to ride the subway next to some like pregnant Mexican mother or some crap like that. Yeah. And he just went off about black people and just like everything under the sun. I'm like, dude, what's the F, man? I know you you live in Atlanta, but uh, here's another thing. He lives and plays in Atlanta and, he you know, they, there's the demographics like, yeah, screw New York. But on the other hand. More than 50% of the population of Atlanta is black. I, I don't know how he feels about homosexuals, because I think it's a high, uh, highly, uh, pretty big homosexual uh, demographic there, too. So Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I can't remember if he said guy, anything about them. I, I don't know, but I, I, don't, I wouldn't put it above him. I, I don't feel like, <laughs> I don't feel uh, like Googling John Rocker's comments at this time, but it's, uh, I'm sure if people Google John Rocker, it's probably going to be the first damn thing that comes up. Ugh, man. Remember when Bubba, Bubba Ray Dudley and ECW fans were telling him, my new hero, John Rocker. <laughs> <laughs> Mother of God. Yeah. Well, okay, so I, I was wrong. It's not the first thing that pops up, but uh, yeah, it's, it's some of the top things you're going to find. Just type in John Rocker. It's like first are like his stats. And then, like, right under that, it's like, uh, John Rocker's story 15 years later, and what happened to the controversial MLB pitcher John Rocker? And apparently he was on an, uh, a season of Survivor. Wow. Uh, yeah, I didn't know sense. all that. Yeah, that's where irrelevant people go to die. Or where some were born, like Johnny Fairplay. That's true, yeah. Diamond Dallas Page is ready and wanting to come back, but for now, they're not planning to bring him back because Russo doesn't want to use him, saying that he's trying to basically get rid of anyone he deems as old. Anyway, DDP has since asked Kanyan to stop using the Diamond Cutter and stop copying his mannerisms since it's looking unlikely that DDP will ever be coming back. How about that? He comes back. Yeah. He the last federal pay-per-view. Right. So... Did I, I mean what, in the archives? Uh, greed, yeah. Okay. Yep, greed. Now the archives. Uh, we did that WrestleMania season this year back in March. So, yay us! That was a slog to get through. It was better than this show. I'll say that. 
But what's that really saying, Greg? Well, it's it's an underrated show, actually. The opening match, oddly enough, you're going to laugh when you see who's in it. The opening match, really good. Or at least I think that was the opener, wasn't it? Uh, Queewee and... Okay. I know, everybody just laughed when I said Queewee. Is Queewee and uh, Jet. Can't think of his name. Jason Jet. Jason Jet. Yeah. So, that was on there. Right. And uh, I believe that ladder match was on there. That was good. So, there's a ladder match on this show, too. We'll get to, but... Oh, um, there's something better than a ladder match. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, lots of drama in WCW with Goldberg right now. Apparently, Vince Russo laid out his future plans regarding the world title. And uh, guys like Goldberg, Booker T, Kevin Nash, and Scott Steiner. Long story short, it ends with Goldberg losing at this month's pay-per-view in a three-way match, and then losing again to Scott Steiner next month. And, well, Goldberg said, no thanks. It led to a meeting with him, Russo, and Brad Siegel, and right now, Goldberg's position in WCW is considered up in the air, and there's rumors that they may be trying to get rid of him. He still has three years left on his contract. I think he had just signed that, too. Yeah. I know this was around the time that uh, Eric Bischoff said during these most recent contract negotiations, he said he really started to hate Bill Goldberg and his lawyer. So, I and I think it was, didn't he say it was Hulk Hogan's agent? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, he, he really started to hate that guy, and he said he, he used uh, stuff that, I, I, I guess the guy was friends with Bischoff, and used stuff that he knew personally about Bischoff that was told to him in confidence to try to get a better deal for Goldberg and his other clients. And so, uh, Bischoff said he started to hate him at that point. Right, give me more money, that works for me, brother. Yeah. Uh, here's one that I never knew I would talk about, but here we are. Currently, the WCW Hardcore title has been dubbed the Saskatchewan Hardcore International title. Sorry. Good lord. I thought uh, well, leave that in, because that's what it was. Literally. Yeah. And well, yeah, I mean, you guys can figure it out. Saskatchewan Hardcore International title. S-H-I-T. There you go. Uh, the original idea of the title, uh, the name, w- was actually they were going to call it the Stu Hart International Title, and they even asked Brett if it would be okay with him if they could call it that, and Brett gave them the okay, but it never happened for whatever reason. I don't know, maybe because no one wanted to associate Stu Hart with shit. <laughs> Bro, can you imagine? Like, can you imagine that call? I don't know who who he had. Uh, you know, the phone number two at WCW, but they answer the phone, and he's like, hey, it's Stu, I saw one of you guys had uh, put my name on a title and called it hey, What's up with that? Uh, you guys some kind of weirdos or something? Uh, as long as the rhino has a job. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, you can call it whatever you want as long as you get the rhino a job. Yeah. He calls Vince oh, Russo up. He calls Vince Russo up. He's like, I got an invitation to my dungeon for you. Show you a couple loads. Yeah. Do you know how many tickets that would have sold? Uh, pay-per-views or something? Dude, if... I don't know what... Uh, well, actually, we have a sad, somewhat sad story about his conditions here in a, coming up in a minute, but uh, I'm sure he still could have stretched Vince Russo at this time. Yeah, right. Well, speaking of sad stories, man, here's... We got to get to this one. Van Hammer's been released. 
Oh, I need to get like a sound effect thing when you say stuff like this. Yeah. For that one, the sound effect would be wah, wah, wah. Oh, for me, it'd be like, oh, a sad moment in a sitcom or something. It'd be, it would be like a wailing and gnashing of teeth. Why? Why, God? Why would you do this to Major stash, man. Yeah, <laughs> right. Major stash, man. They let no. him go. <laughs> You know, before the days of the internet and stuff, I would like, I would see, or like, well, I would not see guys and like wonder what the hell happened to so and so, you know? Yeah. Um, and they're like, well, what, it is a little, it's on topic, but not. But like, I remember when Jake the Snake debuted at Halloween Havoc '92. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? He's, he's in WCW now. Yeah, he was just not just, but like last time I'd seen him, he faced the Undertaker WrestleMania. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and I'm thinking about like we just said too and i did remember not that i was like missing him don't get me wrong but i do remember when i was like watching something like, what the hell happened to van hammer you know and yeah. i remember when they had the invasion too and WWE, and he's like he's not there and again not that i was hurting for him but like I was like where is he yeah you're like where's van hammer oh well who cares <laughs> it's like not that i care i'm just you know i'm just you know taking a, a, a census here so i know where everyone is <laughs> right well, here's a weird one. Do you know why, by the way? Does it say why? No. I mean, not that it's a big thing. I'm just curious. Probably because he was a huge a-hole, but that's just a stab in the dark. I were never... doing stuff with him. I mean, you know, not good stuff, but stuff. Yeah. You know, he was on TV. Yeah, he I jokes know. all we want, but he was on TV. We knew him, so... I. <laughs> yeah. I, I really... I, I, I don't know. I didn't really give a reason. just said he was released. So maybe it was just a cost-cutting thing or i mean i don't know and bro like, you play guitar bro yeah you already right. got jeff though My, bro jeff doesn't play it bro he just hits people with it that's what you use guitars for bro <laughs> anyway uh this is an odd one this right, just made I, me laugh should I, should I prepare for this well the new woman who is playing papaya who is the wife of Kiwi is actually a stripper from Pittsburgh who got the job through Mark Madden. Of course she did. Just, like, there's so many, like, offshoots to the story. She's a stripper, she's from Pittsburgh, and she got her job through Mark effing Madden. Like, well, what? Madden, Madden had the pole, dude. You know that. Apparently. Yeah, well, he didn't have that stroke, though. <laughs> I, I listen to Bischoff's podcast, and I've actually heard him say that he thought Mark Madden was one of the most underrated announcers ever, and he can't believe he's not in wrestling, and someone hasn't hired him. I can't believe he had a job as long as he did. Mark Madden was just so freaking unbearable I, on this show oh, I'm alone. so glad you put that in past tense, because, you know. Well, I don't know how he is now. I haven't. Well, I okay, I take that back. I've heard him on Keep It at 100, because apparently he's friends with uh, Conan and Disco. They have a weird-ass crew, man. That's all I got to say. It's, uh, yeah. it's dis- freaking Disco Inferno, Conan, and Mark Madden. And then they used to have Lance Storm and uh, Don Ka- Callis on their show every once in a while, but I don't think they do that anymore. They got the Invisible Hand? I guess so. Well, And, the, and they got the Invisible Talent, Vince Russo, on there a few times. Okay, that's not really funny because if he was in, if he was invisible, he'd have been a lot more tolerable. But 
whatever. No, I'm saying his talent is invisible. It's just you, you no, can't. No, it's see not. It. There's no talent. No. Well, maybe. Well, maybe you don't know it's there because it's invisible. You can't see it. Just it's like John Cena reference. It, yeah, it's like John Cena. You just can't see it. All right. I'm gonna slap you when I get to Columbus. Can you remind me to do that, please. Just, I'm gonna just roll right up to your car. I'm gonna whip out my hand, just smack the hell out of you when you're in the seat. Wow. This one actually, I did not know anything about this. Maybe you have more details on this than I do, but Bam Bam Bigelow is still suffering from burns that he got from saving some people from a fire, and he'll be out I, for a while. I do remember that. It was actually on my local news. Really? Yeah. What the hell happened? He ran in and saved some people from the fire. I heard, I heard something like that. Like from a house fire? Or? I think so, or was it a car? It was one of those two. It's been a long time. Mm, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I didn't do research on Bam Bam Bigelow and fires. I, uh, I am I the only one that sees the irony, by the way? I I was thinking that too. I'm like the guy who has like tattoos on his head of like, fire of, of flames. Yeah, it's like uh, okay. So apparently, Bam Bam Bigelow saved three children from a burning home, and he suffered burns to forty percent of his body, and he spent two months in the hospital recovering. Yes. Wow. And you would be I, on the very last Nitro, too. I never thought that I could like Bam Bam Bigelow, like, more, but it's like, I gained a lot of respect for him with that one. Like, holy crap. I always liked Bam Bam Bigelow, so that, that, that's pretty cool to know that he did something like that. Scott Hall... Look out for that new figure, by the way, at Target, because it's going to be hard to find, so if you find it, I want it. Oh, yeah, 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 right. It's a new and, ECW figure. Yep. Uh, well, somebody who didn't have a lot of respect from people at this time... Scott Hall is still officially on the injured list, and Sorry. and he is not just medically transition. Transition, <laughs> crap. From Scott Bigelow to Scott Hall, here we go. But yeah, Scott Hall is still on the injured list, and he's not medically cleared to wrestle due to his neck surgery. I had no idea he had neck surgery in '99, or excuse me, 2000. Oh yeah, I think the last match he had was uh, was the Super Brawl. I think maybe wrestled after that, but. Hmm. Well, how about that? Today I learned something new. But here's a sad story regarding the Hearts that I was talking about earlier. There was a recent story about the Hart family lawyers who got some of Owen's siblings to sign documents entitling them to Helen and Stu's share of any potential settlement money if Helen and Stu died before the trial is finished. Yeah. Uh, for those that don't know, they were suing the WWE for wrongful death or whatever, or unsafe working. I, I don't know what all of it was, but basically anything around Owen's death. Uh, but Stu Hart was recently hospitalized for pneumonia while Helen Hart had a blood clot. Someone in the Hart family, later found out to be Natalia's mom, turned over these documents to WWF lawyers to complain that it was witness tampering. The Hart lawyers claimed that the documents were stolen and WWF had no right to them. A judge ruled in favor of the Hart lawyers for now and has ordered the documents to be sealed. The judge ruled that ethically, WWF lawyers should not have had access to the paperwork and that they should have immediately notified the court these document, of these documents that they had obtained wrongfully. The Hart lawyers said that the siblings who signed, or, uh, who signed it aren't expected to be called as witnesses, and thus it's not witness tampering, and was just an attempt to encourage the family to stick together and fend off WWF officials who they claim are trying to turn members of the family against each other. Uh, okay, first of all, ethics and legality are two different things, so which one was it? Yeah, right. Um, I just, you know, I don't think people realize that. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, I mean, you can be ethically wrong and legally right at the same time, or vice versa, I guess. I think ethics is just a fancy word for morally, in my opinion, but yeah, that's... Yeah. And this I think it's pathetic they're fighting over money for a guy who died. Yeah. Well, supposedly they were all... Because this all started that we're all going to stick together as a family and sue the WWF for this, and then... If you believe all the stories that came out since then, I mean, obviously, Natalia's mom took documents to the WWF behind the family's back. And supposedly there were other ones going to the WWF and was like, hey, um, I'll give you information about the family if, you know, uh, you hook me up. Wink, wink. So the Hart family, a lot of the members of them are just backstabbers and everything else. So nobody could trust anybody. And if you believe yeah, the story, and you thought your family's bad, folks. <laughs> yeah, right. And if you believe some of the other stories, apparently Smithheart is just a nut, like a legit effing nut. Didn't they talk about that on Dark Side? Uh, I can't remember for sure. They might have. I know there was a story that he had to drive Andre the Andre the Giant when he was working in the Calgary territory. He had to drive Andre to the airport to catch his flight. And he, like, drove like an effing psycho demon to the point of, like, Andre, like, as soon as they got to the airport, Andre, like, jumped out of the car, slammed the door, and was, and, like, bitched at Stu. And he was like, I'm never riding with him again. Never let him near me. <laughs> like, holy crap. Pretty sure a guy that size didn't have to say it very much, very loud. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like The Undertaker. You say it once, and that's enough. And the fact that you even had to say it is bad. <sighs> but... Somebody else who died around this time. The funeral service for Gordon Sully was held in Tampa. Spoken eulogies were given by Brian Blair and baseball player Wade Boggs. Wow. Apparently, Wade? so... Wade's a yeah. huge fan of us. I mean, I knew he was friends with Kurt Henning, but... Yeah, apparently he was good friends with Gordon Sully as well. That's pretty cool. Gordon Sully actually penned... Uh, people can look him up if they want. He penned, like, multiple letters... Uh, when he knew he was dying. So, uh, I mean, it's sad, obviously, but it's kind of like his final thoughts and stuff like that. And he was pretty lucid at the time. So he, you know, because not to make this sound dark, but that's something I wish I could. I, I hope I'm in the right frame of mind to do that. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, well, I'm dying. And uh, well, here's what I think of, you know, whatever I've been through. But that's I mean, that's kind of cool. Uh, be Brian Blair, though. That's one I didn't expect to hear. Oh, like, man, I think I, as we're recording this, they just saw something on the news that his son got murdered. Was it him or Brazil? Oh, man. One of them, their son got murdered. Yeah. Like wow. Just recently, we're talking like, as of recording, I think it was yesterday. That's awful, dude. Uh, Yeah, when I, yeah, son of wrestling legend B. Brian Blair killed. Wow. That's, that sucks, man. Uh, That, yeah, that happened, uh, as of recording, it happened yesterday. He looked a lot like his dad, but with tattoos. He was only 29 years old. Damn. 29. Yeah. Uh, apparently, yeah, it, it, I don't think it's saying how. I don't think uh, they know how okay. yet. His name was Brett. Yeah, they said details on Brett's death have not been confirmed as of this writing. Uh, Brian's I... oldest oldest son was named after WWE Hall of Famer Bret Hart. Wow. Uh, wrestling is weird, man. That that sucks. He was apparently hanging out in Florida and was killed. Damn. 
uh, something else. I'm not even going to make a comparison here because it's just like that's about as bad as it gets. But this is pretty pretty bad for this time. Uh, payroll in ECW is currently being made. Everyone, <laughs> sorry, you said payroll in ECW and that popped me. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but everyone is still one paycheck behind. Oh, just one, huh? It's sad uh, that that's a win. I know. Uh, <laughs> but they're trying to catch up. In order to save money, Jerry Lynn, DeBaldi's, Cyrus, Joel Gertner, Joey Styles, and others were not flown in for TV this week. Oh, not, how are you going to have a show without DeBaldi's? All jokes aside, Jerry Lynn in 2000 is probably their best wrestler. There could be an yeah. argument made that he was probably one of the very best in the world in 2000, Seth. That one kind of shocks me. Right. Well, and they didn't. The rest, in... whatever. I mean, well, Joey Styles. I don't know, because nowadays, it's like, oh, you can fly in the outside, they just film it from home. But I don't think that was an option back then, so that, I don't well, know. I'm, I'm thinking by 2000, because they did, like, remote stuff with uh, with Raw all the time back in the day, because, I mean, when they would pre-record, uh, I know Cornette and Jim Ross talked about that, that they would pre-record Raw, uh, like, a week ahead, and then to, to stay current with the announcing, like, if they wanted to mention something on commentary, like, as it was playing live on TV, Vince McMahon and everybody else would be like in sound studios record, like doing the, the yeah. Uh, I, I remember hearing about that. That's called, uh, I believe, I don't know if it's true unofficially. It's called the Ahmed Johnson, Ahmed Johnson effects. Do you know about that? No. Why? So when Farouk debuted, he had um, he had hurt Ahmed uh, like legit, and he hurt his his kidney, and then you know he went to the hospital. But they, but he apparently wasn't hurt bad enough yet, so he recorded the next Raw, and he won a Battle Royal to face uh, the WWE Champion at some point. But as it's being recorded, he's in um, the hospital, so he's not going to be facing Champion after this for a long time. So they have the announcers on uh, commentary say, well, he's in this match against Doctor's Orders. And they threw, wow. that in, threw that in there, apparently. So I think that's what, I think I heard, uh, was it Jim Cornette? It might have been Subway. Might have been on one of Conrad's podcast. It might have been actually not. I think it was Pritchard. He had said that they call it the Ahmed Johnson effect now. Like they got to go record stuff and do voiceovers for lines that are already done because of stuff that happens that they that unforeseen. So, wow, that's uh, kind of cool. Yeah, that's, and I, I'm assuming that's what they did because I mean that's all their announcers: Cyrus, Joel Gertner, and Joey Styles. So yes. if they're not flying them in for TV. Um, they would have had to do it remote. So. And uh, I don't. I assume they all kind of lived in the same area. I know Paul E had like a studio in his basement, so yes, like a makeshift see studio. Austin cutting that famous promo in there. <laughs> yeah, let's let's drop the lights and put a black background behind you. Black background, cheap from Walmart, whatever. <laughs> right. Uh, hey, whatever works. I'm not knocking it. I buy black bed sheets for a reason, sir. Because I pee a lot, and I don't want no one to... <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Not where I thought you'd go with it, but uh, nice. Oh, man. Uh, Mitsuharu Misawa's new Noah promotion held their first two shows, and they were a huge success. Tickets to both shows sold out in minutes, and they even erected a huge screen outside the building for the 1,300 fans who gathered outside to watch the show. Is Mazzala the guy uh, whose name Punk wrote, CM Punk wrote on his wrist when he passed away? Is that him? Uh, I, I don't know. I feel I can't like remember. he had Mazzala written on there, but... He might have. Uh, Did Mazzala, Mazzala was die? The, yeah, he died in yeah. the ring. 
Um, yeah, I think, that, I think that was him. Then. Yeah. yeah, for anybody that doesn't know, Mitsuharu Mizawa is a huge Japanese legend. Uh, him and Kenta Kobashi, uh, yeah, Kenta Kobashi were huge rivals uh, through, I think they were in All Japan, and uh, he wore green all the time, and he did like the Emerald Flosion, and uh, he named the Tiger Driver the Tiger Driver, and just all that stuff. And he died because he had neck issues and he got dropped on his head basically got dropped on his head with a back body drop and uh well that's all she wrote the the promotion he started was called noah because him and a bunch of like since he was such a big locker room leader he got like some of the biggest talents in all japan to jump ship and form this promotion with him and that's why it's a reference to you know noah's arc so and it's still exists to this day, by the way. I mean, it, it's a, I'm pretty sure it's a number three promotion in Japan, but that's where, before coming to WWE, that's where Kenta was. Uh, an Austin, Texas newspaper ran a story about the death of Bobby Duncan Jr. It was built around Rob Van Dam, who had three friends, Duncan, Gary Albright, and Luis Piccoli, uh, all die in the last two years. It talked about, I know. It talked about how many of the uh, more than two dozen wrestling deaths in the last few years can be attributed to the physical demands of the business. Duncan's wife was interviewed, Brian Pillman's, uh, Brian Pillman's wife, talking about Pillman's use of HGH and on and on. Steroids, painkillers, etc. Uh, the usual story... chance was it that woman, Melanie? Yeah, it was Melanie. I don't think she should be on anything talking about drug usage. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I know. If, if people... I mean, I did, did. You have a reaction like the first time you saw her, like because my first reaction was like, "That's Melanie Pillman." That's that was my reaction. Yep. I was like, "Holy cow!" And then, I mean, I've seen this in person, so I was like, "She had to have been doing drugs." And come to find out, yeah, she did. And you can a see the marks drugs. on her arms during the whole interview. It's not yeah. even trying to hide it. I'm yeah. not trying to poke fun at it. It's not funny at all. I'm just... It's really sad. Yeah, it's, it's very, very sad. It's just like, wow. Ah, but, yeah, but the uh, usual story on the subject, you know, basically about all the drugs and whatever. Uh, Arby talked about how he used to have, a, uh, have to physically carry Spicoli through airports sometimes and how he couldn't do it and still make his own flights. So t- sometimes Spicoli would miss shows because... RVD couldn't carry his dead weight through the airport and how they tried to get him to get clean, but of course it didn't work. More irony, by the way. But... <laughs> and I yeah. love RVD, you know that, but come on. <laughs> well, I mean, I, it is just weed to be fair. But... I was going to say, I don't think he's going to be overdosing on weed anytime <laughs> soon. So, yeah, it, uh, we had talked about it. I can't remember what show it was, you and I. Was it Stark 897 that he passed away before? Mm, yes. Okay. Yeah, because you you had told me that. Uh, wait, no, wait. It was Super no. Brawl because I was there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Super Brawl seven in '97. Yeah. Correct. Right. Or yeah, I don't know. One of them. It's in the archives. It was uh right after uh, Stark 897, so I guess it would have been Super Brawl eight because it was '98. But anyway, uh, I yeah. I don't remember the numbers of those, honestly. The only, the only way I remember is because the first one was in 91. So you just, you know, it matches up with that. So that's, 
I found that out. But either way, uh, yeah, he was Spicoli had died. Apparently, who he had a friend staying over with him the night he overdosed, and he hid all of Spicoli's drugs before he went to bed. And Spicoli still found drugs and overdosed. Like, that's sad, man. But moving on here, uh, former WCW women's wrestler Mona, real name Nora Greenwald, and the future Molly Holly, has reached a deal with WWF. She's 22 and has a gymnastics background and is a pretty good wrestler. I wonder where that's going to go. <laughs> now where? Yeah, she's not going to get in the Hall of Fame or anything. That'd be That's stupid. Wasn't she Miss Madness? Yes. All right. I remember uh, a couple of times Mike Tanay actually called her or referred to something. They had like, it was like for like one week, they had another woman being Miss Madness and they referred to her as the second Miss Madness. Wow. So they try to keep it alive. Good Lord. Yeah, because that's something you want to keep alive. We're all dying for, you know, that to continue. <laughs> uh, Big Show has been sent down to OVW for additional training before they bring him back on a full-time basis. And it will happen at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, this is 2000, so yeah, he'll be back in 2001. I want to say this was when maybe he had weight loss surgery around this time. Could and be. So I know he got lipo around one of these times because he said he wanted to get in better shape and he was starting to gain some weight. He comes know... back looking bigger than before, though, at the Royal Rumble, so. Oh, yeah. I, I, I get the timeline mixed up with his wait because i know at one point uh pritchard said they did have him on weight management and sent him to ovw for a while because they literally told him it's like you're fat go back to go back to developmental fat. i'll make him bleed uh triple h has a badly bruised bicep which is why his arm has been heavily bandaged lately uh, uh yeah and then they turn him into a baby face for like a hot minute which is still random as hell to me i don't remember the bruised by or the uh arm tape around this time, i'm trying but. to remember but i do know he didn't wrestle a lot on tv at this point huh uh dave hebner suffered a minor heart attack and is hospitalized but should recover he does he kicks out as far as i know he's still alive and kicking to this day referring to this day i believe dave what's he on impact uh like this is uh earl's brother yeah i know i'm just uh, he was on I, impact. Yeah, he, he brought Earl in. Maybe he's not repping anymore, but he was in. The oh. oh, I don't remember that. Huh. I'd have to go check that out. I because I, I I can't remember. Wow. I usually remember the TNA stuff like that, but. Oh. All right. Well, that's all I got for the news and notes. It only goes downhill from here as far as the show itself that we're going to review. Oh, but take that back. <laughs> <laughs> but our review will be entertaining. So. Tune in for that, but we'll be back on the other side of this break talking about WCW's New Blood Rising. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's all right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way back, mate. Yeah. Yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. What did we do? 
Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we're back. WCW New Blood Rising 2000. Uh... Well, the date was October 30th, or excuse me, August 30th, uh, 2000. The venue was... This is your last chance, by the way, to turn this off, and we won't blame you. <laughs> oh, please don't. Hey, us talking about it is going to be a lot better than you watching it. So if you were ever curious about it, well, here you go. No. We'll save you, what, two and a half hours of your life having to watch it on Peacock? Watch it on The Cock. Uh, no, venue... I gotta go to the stop later for a game. I'm sorry. <laughs> Good grief. Uh, but the venue is the Pacific Coliseum in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. For an att- the attendance was 6,614 people. My God. Yeah. Just what the f, man. Well, let's remember it. I'll drill something at 36. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're actually gonna go. Uh, the capacity, by the way, for hockey, I don't know what it is for, for wrestling, but the capacity for hockey was, uh, 16, is 16,000. So, or over 16,000. So this thing was like not even half full. For a pay per view. Screw the Canucks, man. Anyway, sorry. The least they could have done was, you know, held it in Sturgis so that, you know, they could be like, ah, whatever, we got what we got. Oh, my God. <laughs> New blood rising. Those bikers would have made some blood rise, all right? Yeah, right. Uh, the pay-per-view buy rate for this one, by the way, was 0.18. For suck! Whole what? thing sucked. Yeah, I watched this live. That's right, I did. I, I'm pretty sure I did. Did you watch it on the old scrambler, or did you pay for this atrocity? To, uh, I mean, the 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 first part, but I didn't do it. Someone else did, so I... Yeah, it wasn't his scrambler. <laughs> Hey, statute of limitations, man. It's been 21 years, so right. F off. But I'm still not, I'm still right. not mine. Yeah, it's like, hey, yeah, I didn't see nothing, all right? Well, I, well, I saw something. Unfortunately, I did see this. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I wish I didn't see nothing. Uh, there were only 5,300 paid fans in the building, by the way. So, I mean, it's, uh, WCW handed out a ton of free tickets, but more than 50% of the people who were given free tickets didn't even show up. Damn. <laughs> uh, you know what that reminds me of is uh, when the Bengals went to the playoffs, Chad Johnson bought a ton of tickets so that they wouldn't be blacked out and was literally giving them away on the side on the street. I people, remember that. And people still didn't show up. <laughs> and they That's couldn't. Pathetic. It's not like, you know, wrestling. You can't like do the old uh, black tarp. Uh, what's that? A trick? Yeah. You know? um, yeah. They, yeah. They can't tarp off half the arena and just shoot it from one angle. <laughs> Well, let's dim the lights and act like, you know, we have people. Nope. You guys got to go with Troy on this one, by the way. See, the Browns are actually good now, so he can make these jokes and get away with it. 
Even when we sucked, we still sold out the stadium. That's the sad part. The Bengals went to the playoffs, and they couldn't put asses in seats. That's like Atlanta Braves bad. Yeah. This show, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the opening for the show, the cameraman oh, before, finds... Hold on, not to cut you off, but I, I just want to say, watching it back, I remember thinking, I think I might have liked this show. I remember watching this event, and at the time, I was looking forward to it. And it just, Man. I think it's because I was so in just watching wrestling, period. Um, that, like, you know, I just took whatever. You know. Wow. I mean, I'm somewhat the same now. Like, when someone says, oh, it's just so crap, I'm like, well, I just, I, I had fun watching it. I'm sorry, it's not, like, up to your weird standard, but, you know, I could watch it and enjoy it for what it is. But, man, even this was so bad. Yeah, oh, this sucked all the ass. Whole thing sucked. Yeah, it was, yeah. But the for the opening of the show, the cameraman finds some fans uh, outside are of... You, uh, you are using parentheses with that, correct? <laughs> Yeah, okay. they did find some fans outside of the arena that look that don't have the look, bro, uh, which I'm, I'm sure was hard to find. Uh, but they get them to go crazy for Goldberg, Kevin Ash and Scott Steiner. So, yeah, uh, but to open the show, three count comes out with Tank Abbott, who has the nipples cut out of his shirt. That's a real statement, by the way. Yep. Once they're in the ring, Tank hypes uh, three count. And they all dance together while lip syncing before being interrupted by the Jung Dragons or Young Dragons, whatever. I have never been so excited to see them ever. <laughs> yeah. So th- this match is going to be a six man tag team ladder match for not one prize, but two prizes. You have to pull down the gold record and the recording contract. Because if you're not keeping track, the Young Dragons were looking to make their own record, uh, record right? Were they? Or is that <laughs> no, I'm just, just sarcastic? I'm just being sarcastic. Okay. Like, but, you know, if it's on the line, you want it, right? God. Right? Yeah. I mean, I know, I'm look, only using logic here. I'm sorry. But Con- <laughs> Well, Conicary was crapping on this thing throughout the whole because they were like, so are they going to make their own album? Or like, what? It? And then they were like, so. That's where I got it from. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, and who's the. They were like, who's the recording contract through? Like, what label is it? And they're like, I don't know. It's like, holy crap, the commentary can't even pretend. Hey, Tony Schiavone, oh. man, he, you can tell he was so checked out. That was one of my notes. I'll get to it right now. It's like this entire night, if you just listen to him, when he yep. says, when he laughs sarcastically, he goes, <laughs> oh, God. I mean, if you, you can listen- tell, dude, you could just tell he's like legitimately laughing at how bad this company is. And, you know, he's been there for years. He loved it. Well, that's what sucks, you know? It's not like just some guy they hired off the street. This is like their legit commentator. They're like the voice of the whole company. And so, he's laughing well, at it. <laughs> according to Conrad, he's the voice of your childhood. He is. So, there you go. I just, oh, man. I felt he bad al- watching it back for him, but I'm like, um, yeah, I know, he'll be fine. <laughs> uh, he did say during this time he would drive up to the building and he would just sit in his car until he absolutely had to come into the building because he was so miserable. Was he contemplating pulling the trigger? Yeah, basically, he said, I would sit in that car and just think about my life and where I was going. Like, I'm going in this damn. building to call a comedy. <laughs> basically. Uh, he's, it's like, I have to pretend like I give a damn. Mm, I'll let it go. <laughs> <laughs> go and then, and, and he's not good at hiding his emotions, because on his podcast, like, every time they have to cover a show from around this area, 
or this era, he's not like you can just hear like the sadness in his voice. And he's flat out told Conrad, he's like, I really hate when you pull these shows because he's like, I just he's like it, it 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 puts me in the mindset of where I was at the time, and I just get so depressed all over again thinking about it. But he. You can tell he's like, at least, you know, we can say whatever we want about it, but he's at least having fun in AEW from the sounds of it. Like, he sounds legitimately giddy to be calling wrestling again. Yeah, anyway, so this match, like I said, is a six-man tag ladder, whatever. Uh, the teams are three count, which is Shane, Sugar Shane Helms, Shannon Moore, and, of course, to quote uh, Tony Schiavone, nothing happening, Evan Courageous. Wow. They've they've got Tank Abbott in their corner. They're taking on the jungle. <laughs> They're taking on the Jung Dragons of Kaz Hayashi, Yang, and Jamie Sung, who is Jamie Noble in an effing mask and gi pants. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Two things on that real quick. I, looking back, three count was actually pretty good. I know I yeah. didn't do much, but man, they were really good. And second... I just love how the guy in the in the pants, uh, you know Jamie Noble, but I just love how it turns out to be like some guy with like a really southern twang voice. I'm like, that's the guy you're getting to be the, the ninja, <laughs> right? I sat next to him on an airplane, by the way, on my way to New Orleans to meet you for WrestleMania. Yeah, I think that's the same plane that when you got off, I got a, a, a selfie with all three members of the Riot Squad. Yeah, right. Yeah, oh. I had uh, I had Big E and. Uh, 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 Xavier Woods sitting behind me, and uh, yeah, I like next to me, like on the other side of the aisle was uh at the time Hideo Itami, and I can't remember who else. Yeah, anyway, uh, but this went eleven and a half minutes. It starts off like a tag match for some reason. Did you notice this? I thought it was supposed to. Yeah, I was uh... like, what's happening? They did this for the other one. They did it greed too, if I remember correctly. And then it just all breaks down. So, hold on now. Russo's not at greed, so I'm going to say it's not a Russo thing? Yeah, like, maybe they're Don't just... Don't worry, there's plenty, there's plenty of other stuff we can blame on him. Don't worry, so... But yeah, he right. gets out for this one. Yeah, who, who do we blame this one on? Sullivan? That'd be my first guess. <laughs> this is how you set up the match, brother. Hey, another... Instead of bro, it's brother. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Jamie Son pulls down the gold record, but he drops it. And Tank Abbott, or excuse me, no, Tank Abbott knocks him off the ladder, and he takes the record. It's a real sentence. Yep. In the end, Shane and Kaz are fighting on top of uh, two separate ladders, and Moron Tank Abbott, Abbott shoves them both over, because, you know, you frequently knock your own stable mate off a ladder. And then uh, what does he do? <laughs> well, Evan Courageous then climbs a ladder and gets the contract for the win. Uh, we'll get into the post match here in a second. Uncle Dave says that this That's was the, the best. best... <laughs> Uncle Dave says that this was the best match of the show, and uh, I agree. Yes, we're getting the best match out of the way now, so buckle in. Uh, we we both gave it three stars, Uncle Dave and I. What about you? I do too. I love this match. Um, it was pretty good. I, I want to say it made no there... sense, but it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I've, if you pin me down, I would have to say I think their greed match was a little better. But I don't know. It's six one and a half dozen the other, I think. All pretty good. I think this was Russo's way of he's like, bro, they're doing TLC over in WWF, bro. Here's our answer to it. I'm sure yeah. he created TLC too and they stole it from him. Well of course. But after the match, 
Tank Abbott takes the gold record and and the recording contract, and he dances his way up the stage. He's like, yay! I remember watching this, and I'm like, so, so are we going to actually have him come out with like an album? Are they really going to do that? That's they what I thought were, they were going to do. Weren't they supposed to have a second song? They did. They, okay. Yeah. Good lord. Actually, the one we're hearing at this event is the second song, I believe. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, because we need, we need more of that. Bro, who's popular right now, bro? Boy bands. You're all pretty boys. You're in a boy band now. Go out and dance on dots, bro. <laughs> you guys don't know what I'm talking about? They literally put little dots in the ring, and they would dance on them. It's a real sentence. Yep. We now go back to Ernest the Cat Miller's office. I think he was the commissioner at this point. Yeah, this is uh, like his seventh run as commissioner, I believe. <laughs> nice. Uh, where the filthy animals have taken over. The cat walks in and gets them all away from his stuff. Filthy animals want to referee the tag team titles match tonight, promising Cat a win in his match if he does this for them. Disco says it's because he's, quote, got it like that. The cat, the cat then agrees. Well, people don't know this, but TJ's been beating me over the head with that all week, by the way. <laughs> I don't know why I find it so effing hilarious, Disco Inferno. Because he, the way he says it, he's I like, got it like that. And it's he's like, in a do-rag. He looks he eats the hell out of him, for one. Second, he's, we know he has a New York accent. Third, he's supposed to be a disco guy. <laughs> Every time. All I can think of with him doing that is, like, my senior trip I went on was to Disney World. And a security guard gets on the bus before we get off to Disney World. And he, like... There was a dress code for the night and whatever. And the only thing I remember the guy saying, he had a thick, like, Wisconsin, Minnesota kind of accent. And he was like, no rag do's. Wow. I'm like, what the F is a rag do? <laughs> uh, but that's all I can think of. Like, D Disco is so white, he probably called it that. <laughs> They're like, you know what, we're just going to let it go. Uh, anyway, uh, the cat agrees to the match, and Disco says, word to your mother. <laughs> <laughs> and he puts his fist out before the cat tells him to get the hell out. Oh, man. I'm a low-key mark for Disco Inferno. I'm just going to say that now. Not this Disco, but yeah, I like the other one. Oh, no, this one, too. <laughs> Any iteration, man. Uh, I did not like Glenn Gilberti in, in TNA. That one, nah. I wasn't down with that one. He did not have it like that. But anyway, this next match is The Great Muta. The legendary Great Muta, keep that in mind, versus Ernest the Cat Miller. This one went just shy of seven minutes. Uh, before the match starts, Miller grabs a mic and says that Muta doesn't understand English, but he'll make it real simple for him. He says, you're the Great Muta, and I'm going to kick your great ass before he <laughs> jumps him with the mic. Uh, All I heard in there was he said he has a great ass. That's Japan's ass. <laughs> Come on. Uh, anyway, uh, Tigress walks to the ring halfway through the match. Tony Schiavone's favorite, by the way. Uh, Muda missed Cat in the face at one point, and at the end of the, and, uh, Tigress comes off the top rope with a chair onto Muda, but that's not the end of the match, of course, because why would it? Eventually, Cat hits the feliner for the win. Uncle Dave gave it a star. I gave it a star and a half. Let's say you. I gave it one. But what had seeing the Great Muda was cool. What had the Great Muda become? Like really, 
Uh, so many things. We'll see him later in the show, too, and it doesn't get much better. Hey, dude. Yeah. Backstage, Buff Bagwell is looking for his mom. Real sentence. It's a real sentence. We're going to say that quite a few times. <laughs> right. Mama if Bagwell. Are, if you're even remotely familiar with pro wrestling, you know what's coming. Yep. And allegedly, uh, Buff Bagwell himself admitted that his mother shaves him. All of him. So keep that in mind. Things that make I rather go... not. Yeah, I think that's illegal in most states, by the way. Anyway. It's from Atlanta, not Alabama. So I don't know. <laughs> Roll tight on that one, man. <laughs> uh, back in the arena, Canyon is driving a forklift to the ring with Judy Bagwell on it. Real sentence again. <laughs> Canyon, by the way, is wearing a DDP shirt, but it says uh, uh, CKP. I think, or, or no, P, P, C, K. That was it for positively Chris Canyon. Yeah, he was soon to become P, K. Yeah. What, what about Chris Champagne Canyon? When did that come into play? Um, before this. Was it? No, it might have been uh, after this. It might have been after this. He changed his name so many damn times. I know, I was partial to Mortis personally. I, I know you're being sarcastic, but I legit was. <laughs> like, I think they could have done something cool with that character, non-Mortal Kombat associated. Dude, but anyway, it's because of Mortal Kombat. I know, but I still think they could have made him like a like an Undertaker-type character. I don't know. And Canyon wasn't a small dude either, by the way, for anybody out there. Like, he was he was good-sized guy. But Canyon, he's also got blonde hair, just coming out to DDP's theme, whole nine yards. He grabs a mic and says that there's no pole big enough, quote, in this godforsaken country of Canada to hold Judy Bagwell. So now it's not a Judy Bagwell on a pole match, which... <laughs> yeah, because just... first of all, that's what it was going to be. Acknowledge yeah. that, please. So if they were going to run his mom up a pole? Like, what? Like, what were they, were they also going to hang her by her underwear, like in like like the bullies in school movies? Like, God. But anyway, it is now going to be a Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. <laughs> it's a real sentence. Okay, oh, my man. favorite part, I don't know why, is when Chris Canyon says it. He's like, this match is now a Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. He says it with, like, he just owns it. Like, this is, like, a proud thing that we're about to see. And you were just laughing at Mortis. <laughs> Dude, that was amazing content compared to this, man. <sighs> For God's sake. And he calls her a battle axe multiple times, by the way. Like, that's his go-to PC insult. But this is positively Chris Canyon versus Buff Bagwell, Judy Bagwell on a pole match, technically. It went 6 minutes, 45 seconds. Canyon is doing his I-really-want-to-be-DDP gimmick. Canyon uses wire cutters at one point to expose a turnbuckle. But Buff uses it to uh, on Canyon. Canyon hits the Canyon Cutter for a near fall, and David Arquette comes out to help Canyon. Ugh, gosh. Again? That's a real sentence. <laughs> yeah, this is like a fever dream. Like, this is something you like... Are you familiar with the Bob Newhart show? Yes. 
Okay, you remember the the finale where he wakes up and it was all mm-hmm. just a dream? I feel yeah, like the this ending is that's that. been that's been bastardized over the years. Yes. Yeah. Right. And I feel like this is that. Like Vince Russo just like wakes up in a cold sweat and he's like, bro. I just had this weird dream, bro. Buff Bagwell's mom was on a forklift, and Canyon thought he was DDP, bro. And then David Arquetti came out. The D-list actor that got uh, <laughs> murdered by Nick Gage. Yeah, I, if anybody watches Dark Side of the Ring on Nick Gage, man, Nick Gage nearly slit this dude's throat. Which I don't think Courtney Cox was crying about, but, you know, whatever. How, by the way, how did David Arquette look more put together in that documentary from within the last year more than he did back here in 2000 i don't know he looked like he just came off a bender when he came out for this pay-per-view i'm like dude what have you been doing Uh, yeah and just i don't know uh well he would go on to film c-spot run and uh i think uh what was that eight-legged freaks and just you know those classics all those Scream remakes or sequels, I should say. But, yeah, those were the best things he did, he did which is bad. But anyway, uh, Buff finally hits the double blockbuster on both of them for the win, and then he helps his mom down off the forklift for the... I guess that's the official win. I don't effing know. <laughs> Uncle Dave... <laughs> Uncle Dave gave it a star and three quarters. I gave it two stars. It, like, I know I crapped on it, but the wrestling was all right. What say you? For the wrestling, I, I'm staying with you. For the wrestling, it was like, okay. But this whole match was built around the, the forklift. It wasn't just a match, and they put her on the forklift. They made that essential purpose of the match. So for that, I gave it one star. Um, yeah. Like, if it was just a match, it would have been okay, too. But, like, you made it all about the damn forklift, which made it part of the match, which I have to include in my grade. So I'm giving it one. Yeah, this just yikes, man. <laughs> well, after the match, Canyon hugs Arquette and then hits a Canyon cutter on him and leaves, which got a huge pop. Yeah. Why did they think that would get him booed? Or did they just not care? I'm trying to figure out, was that a, a thing that a heel did to a, because they're both heel. So is he turning yeah. face or is... Is it turning Arquette face? And to my knowledge, I could be wrong on this. I believe this is the last time I ever seen Arquette in WCW. So was that his send off? Bro, nobody cares, bro. <laughs> oh, man. And in the parking lot, a, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but a purple limousine pulls up and outsteps. No, it's not Barney the Dinosaur. It's Lance Storm. He gets out. Fans pop loudly for him. He's a national hero. He walks into the building while everyone cheers. Oh, man. Before the next match, the filthy animals come to the ring, all in ref t-shirts, except for Conan. And they've got the WCW tag team titles. So, were the titles vacant? Uh, no. Chronic was the champions. I thought they won the titles this night. No, they're, they're the champions. Huh. Pretty sure. Then why do the filthy animals have belts? I think they stole them, if I remember correctly. Did they have it like that? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, that explains it all then. I I don't even freaking know, man. And this was uh, a four corners match for the WCW World Tag Team titles with the Filthy Animals as special guest referees. Yes, all of them. 
except for Conan. There's a plural yeah. in there for referee, by the way. Yeah. They were all the special guest refs, except for, like I said, Conan was on commentary for this one. Might I add, by the way, WCW, on their Chirons, misspelled chronic. They spelled it with a C. Did you see that? I didn't, but... Yeah, did they make the lower, the last K uh, upper or capital? I should say. Do you know? No, that's what. No, because they spelled it C. Or I'm sorry, they spelled it K R O N I C. Was how they put it on the Chiron. Yeah, it should be K at the beginning, K at the end. They're both capitalized. I didn't catch that. Yeah, because I I was confused. I'm like, wait a minute. As far as I know, it was always spelled with two Ks. I'm not. I don't know why I give such a damn about this. It just stuck with me. I'm like, why can you not even spell your own crap correctly? They've literally never done that right in the history of that company. <laughs> <sighs> but this went for 12 minutes, 22 seconds. The teams Way were too the long. Mis- yeah. The teams were the Misfits in Action, General Erection and Corporal Cation. Yeah, those two. Uh, uh, I don't know if you're joking, but I thought those were the best two on the team, but... Uh, I would have taken Chavo over Lance LaRue, but... Uh, it's Lash? Or, or excuse me, Lash LaRue. My bad. Lash is very underrated. I just never saw it in him. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But I didn't think he was bad. I just thought he needed some work. But anyway, that was the first team. The second team was uh, Sean O'Hare and Mark Gingerak. The third team was the perfect event of Chuck Palumbo and Sean Stasiak. And the final team was Chronic, Brian Adams, and Brian Clark. Uh, Disco announces before the match that the Filthy Animals are the co-referees. As I mentioned, Conan's on commentary. The Filthy Animals try to get involved throughout the match, and a few times they have to get... uh, The other people have to fight them off. In the end, Chronic hits high times on Sean Stasiak. Lieutenant Loco hops in the ring to knock out Disco, takes his referee shirt, puts it over his head, and then counts the three to give Chronic the win and the tag titles. Ugh, whatever. Uncle Dave gave it a dud. I gave it two stars. I thought it was fine. What say you? I gave it two only because I, I remember going into it and I, I, I mean, just rewatching it, I forgot who won. And yeah. it didn't look so obvious, at least to me. So I was like, all right, I'll give it two for that. I don't know how they let that stand, where they're like, oh, yeah, th- this guy can go in, knock out the referee, put his shirt on, and, I mean, that counts. Whatever. Yeah. But it's WCW. No, nobody cares, bro. Backstage, Pamela Paulshock, real name, is standing by with Jeff Jarrett, asking him how he's uh, how he's going to, uh, or what he's going to do, rather, against Booker T tonight. Jarrett's got to get his insults in about Paulshock being a slut, because they all have to. I don't know why that was a running gag. Uh, and then he tries. He says he's going to prove that he's got all the stroke around here. Cool. Before the next match, Shane Douglas comes to the ring with Tori Wilson and grabs a mic. He tells us that Billy Kidman isn't man enough to handle Tori Wilson all night long, and he's more than willing to take some skin off Kidman's ass in their strap match. Oh, F yeah. <sighs> You know what this is leading to? Viagra on a pole, baby. <laughs> I like how people legitimately got effed up in that match because the bottle was glass. Yep. I remember you telling me, by the way, that 
Douglas shoved like a mouthful of pills in <laughs> down uh, Kidman's throat. And then later on, he's like walking through the back and the Nitro girls see him and he's like, I'm having a hard night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell, wow. man? <sighs> but this one is the franchise Shane Douglas with Tori Wilson versus Billy Kidman in a strap match with just shy of eight and a half minutes. Why is this a strap match? Don't know. In the end, Tori Wilson is on the apron, and Billy Kidman shoves Douglas into her. She sells it horribly, by the way. Kidman then hits the unprettier on Douglas for the win. Uncle Dave gave it a half a star. I give it two for average. What say you? One. This sucked. It wasn't good. Say that. Well, after the match, Tori comes in the ring with an attempt to hit Kidman with a chair. Very convincingly, by the way. Kidman catches her puts Shane's end of the strap around Tori's wrist, and then spanks her with the strap until Shane gets back up and attacks Kidman, choking him with the strap and hanging him over his shoulder in the corner. Of all people, Vito comes out to save Kidman and to chase Douglas off along with Tori Wilson. Vito is then jumped from behind by Reno, and they start fighting. Vito gets the better of the exchange, and Reno takes off. Unfortunately, we do not see that match tonight. Because, you know, we were hurting for it. You saved that, dude. I've got to ask, maybe you know, because you were watching during this time. Why the hell did Vito come out to help Kidman? They were kind of going with him for a little bit. It looked like they were going to do something with him, so. Yeah, but was he connected to Kidman or Douglas? I no, he was just the face and at that point, and just, you know, there you go. Okay, and wasn't Reno supposed to be his brother? Uh, In law. Yeah, so oh, okay. And they promised never to fight again, bro. I remember, like, they did semi-things like this with Vito. They did it with the wall. Uh, I think they did it with Vampiro for a minute. Like, it it looked like they were going to do something with these guys, and then it just fizzles out. So Vito was definitely one of them. Yeah, he couldn't figure out who the hell to push. But back in the parking lot, a white car pulls in, and Booker T gets out. Jeff Jarrett jumps him, shoves him in the car, and then repeatedly slams a car door on Booker T's right leg. What's going to happen here? But anyway, up next we get, this is uh, this is real, Major Guns versus Miss Hancock in an ROTC match. ROTC stands for Rip Off the Camouflage. It went just shy of seven minutes. Uh, Major Guns gets her top ripped off first. Hancock then gets her bottoms ripped off. Hancock misses a crossbody at one point and starts holding her stomach. Hmm. She eventually rips off Major Gun's bottoms and uh, doesn't win. I, I I don't know, because Guns pulls off Miss Hancock's top and they fight up to the stage where there is a mud pit by it. Why? Don't know. Miss Hancock takes Guns down and they start... And then she's... Uh, Miss Hancock, that is, gets up and starts dancing in the mud. And then she starts holding her stomach in pain. Guns rolls her up for the pin in the mud and... Wins? I, I I don't know. Uncle Dave gave it negative two stars. I gave it a dud. What say you? I I gave it five stars. I thought this was the greatest match of the night. Oh yeah. Uh, look, the visuals were very impressive. The match itself sucked ass. I didn't even give it a rating because I was like, this is not a wrestling match, though. So. I thought the uh, rules of the match were. It says it in the name. Rip off the camouflage. I thought. Yeah, that yeah. Here weird. you go again, applying logic to a Russo show. That's your yeah, fault. Yeah, I just... And why did they feel like we have to battle up to the mud pit fight in there? What? I, I, gosh, I, just whatever. 
Well, after the match, Miss Hancock holds her stomach in pain, and Major Guns actually comforts her. David Flair, in full suit, runs out, jumps in the mud, and checks on Hancock. A stretcher comes out, and the EMTs load Hancock onto it. Yikes. Real sentence. <laughs> this, uh... Wow. This is going to lead to her saying she... Uh, did, did she ever say that she miscarried? No, no. She comes out, and the whole thing is like, who's the father? It's not David. It ends up being Sean Stacey. And then... I don't remember if they said she, I don't think they said she miscarried. She comes out with a stroller one night and thinks, oh, she had the kid. Mathematically, it's not possible. And the stroller just had a bunch of pictures of Sean Stasiak in it. And yeah, I, I remember really, she. I really forget after that. I'm not trying to remember to be fair. So. Yeah, because if anybody goes back and listens in the archives of our greed show, she's with Stasiak. She's just called Stacy at that point. And she says that Sean Stasiak is, quote, her baby. So. Yeah. Whatever. This is the second man meat gimmick that man has had, by the way. Just pointing that out. <laughs> the first one, he was literally called meat, and he wore tidy whities But from that goofy crap to this goofy crap, we go to Pamela Paul Shock in the back with Vampiro the Demon and Great Muta. I. When did they start officially, like, lengthening his name to the Demon Dale Torborg? Uh, when he leaves this. Okay. Well, Paul Shock brings up Vampiro setting Sting on fire, bro. And Vampiro says that tonight is the demon's chance to prove that he's good enough for the Dark Carnival. How hard is that really? Ha- you really have to try for that. I don't know. How, do you, how does one prove that they are good enough for the Dark Effing Carnival? By the way, no offense to anybody out there who listens to ICP. It's just like, I find that state. Oh, I, I mean total offense. That crap <laughs> needs to be at the you know, bottom of the ocean. That, their, their music, oh, but. man. Oh, man. We're getting a letter. But up next, we got The Demon versus Sting in 52 seconds. Yeah. You heard me right. Sting uh, is miraculously okay from what happened. Yeah. Not too we, long ago. Oh, my, mind you. We just reviewed the show. What, what, what show? It was Bash, or, uh, uh, Great American Bash? I believe it was Great American Bash, yeah. Yeah. Now in the archives, Great American Bash 2000 it was our bonus show a couple, so uh, back in July. Two months, give or take. He's, after getting thrown off the stage while being lit on fire, he is miraculously fine. Yeah, it's he's insane. good. No scarring. No, you know, no visible injuries. Still has long hair. I mean, he's he's, he's good, man. You know, don't question it, damn it. <laughs> anyway, literally the only good thing about the demon is that he comes out to God of Thunder by Kiss. Just pointing that out. Uh, which, by the way, Tony Giovanni marks for. Uh, but then Sting comes out to Seek and Destroy by Metallica. So we've got a ton of great music in this match. The only good things about it. Sting repels from the ceiling onto the stage, and the demon tries to jump him, but Sting was ready for him. Sting made short work of the demon, hitting a stinger splash into a scorpion death drop for the win. Uncle Dave and I both gave it a did. What say you? Crap. One. <laughs> why did they? Why did they just bury the demon at this point? Not like I wanted him to win, but it's like, damn, dude, less than a minute. Because the uh, contract with um, Gene Simmons was up, probably. You're like, okay, we don't gotta do anything more. Yeah, I just, I don't know. But they kept the character alive. They just... Not too much longer after this. 
after the match, right after the bell, Vampiro and Great Muda jump Sting, beating him down all the way up the entryway. Vampiro uses Sting's repelling cable to choke him until Chronic comes out for the save, beating up Vamp and Muda. The demon stands on the stage and just watches Chronic beat down his teammates. Uh, Brian Adams grabs the mic and mentions that, quote, Vancouver is definitely down with Chronic. It's funny because a dude in the hard cam all night has a sign, a Canadian flag, but with a pot leaf instead of the maple leaf. Adams then challenges the Dark Carnival to a match for Chronic's uh, tag team titles. What the F. Oh, but we now go to the back to see Booker T having his leg checked out by a doctor. Booker gets angry at the camera for uh, cameraman for being in the room, but he kicks him out. Uh, next, Lance Storm cuts a pre-match promo where he craps on America. He talks about how great Canada is. He then introduces the special guest enforcer, Jacques Rougeau. Both men that stand in the ring as, and stand at attention for the playing of the Canadian National Anthem. Mark Madden sings O Canada on commentary and literally wipes tears from his eyes. What the F am I witnessing? But this next match is Lance Storm versus Mike Awesome. Lance, it is a Canadian rules match, by the way, for the Canadian Heavyweight Championship. Lance is defending and has special guest enforcer Jacques Rougeau. Went about nine minutes. I believe he's, well, I'll, I'll get to it after the match, but Mike Awesome hits a pop-up, sit-down powerbomb on Storm for the win, supposedly, but then Jacques Rougeau says that, according to Canadian rules, you must win a match via five count. So the match continues. Awesome then gets Storm to submit to a Dragon Sleeper to win, supposedly, but Rougeau says that Canadian rules dictate that you can't win a title in Canada through submission, only pinfall. So the match continues again. Awesome then hits an awesome splash off the top for the five count to win again. But Rougeau says that Canadian rules dictate that after the five count pin, the man has to beat a ten count to his feet. So the match continues. Awesome Those are hits. Texas rules. Yeah, right. I find it funny, by the way, that, uh, you know, the Hart family is from Canada, but you can't win a Canadian rules match via submission. Okay. <laughs> but Awesome hits a top rope belly to belly through a table. But he goes through it as well. Rougeau declares that the first man up to his feet to beat the 10 count will win the title. Rougeau knocks out Awesome as he stands up at 7, and the other ref didn't see it. This allows Storm to get to his feet for the win. Uncle Dave said that this was a match that had some potential to steal the show on most nights, but it was so overbooked and turned into a mess. Storm got a huge babyface reaction since they were in Canada, but the match was horrible. But it did lead to Bret Hart coming out and getting easily double the pop of anyone else on the show, although he looked embarrassed to even be involved in the angle. He gave it a dud. I gave it two. What say you? I gave it two. I had a little fun watching it, but and This should have been better, man. I mean, we, you and I both said we're fans of these guys, and it just got bogged down with crap. But when Lance Storm is celebrating, like I alluded to earlier, Bret Hart comes out for a huge ovation. Brett glares at Storm for a while before finally smiling and hugging both Storm and Jacques Rougeau. Uh, they celebrate together as the Canadian crowd goes wild. Well, backstage, Pamela Paulshock is standing by with Kevin Nash. Pamela points out that Goldberg hasn't been seen all day, so Nash says that it looks like it's just going to be him and Steiner tonight, and then he's going on to become the world champion. But up next... 
we get our second tag title match of the night because, you know, tag champions frequently challenge other people to defend their titles. Uh, it's Chronic, Brian Adams, and Brian Clark defending against the Dark Carnival of Vampiro and Great Muda in a match that went about nine minutes. The ref gets bumped at one point, so the Harris brothers, Ron and Don, could enter through, through the crowd. They hit an H-bomb on Clark, and Muda hits the moonsault for the win. So we get new tag team champions tonight. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it a dud. I gave it two stars. It was fun until the Harris brothers showed up. What say you? Fun. Boring. Yeah, it kind of sucked. <sighs> but anyway. Backstage, Pamela Paulshock is standing by with Booker T and asks if he'll be able to defend his WCW title tonight. Booker goes off on Jarrett for trying to put him out and finishes by saying, don't hate the player, hate the game. Because that was the saying during this time for anybody that doesn't know and didn't keep up with WCW at this time. But oh man, this next one is not the main event, but uh, probably the most noteworthy thing on the show besides the Judy Bagwell on a pole match. This was Kevin Nash versus Scott Steiner versus Goldberg in a triple threat match for a shot at the World Heavyweight title. Went just shy of 11 minutes. When Nash and Steiner are in the ring, Goldberg's music hits and Goldberg is nowhere to be seen. So Steiner and Nash just start brawling. Goldberg finally runs down with taped ribs and a bandaged right arm and holding a chair. Apparently that was because he legit got into a motorcycle accident. Uh, he quickly gets beaten up by Steiner. At one point, Nash is about to hit the jackknife powerbomb on Goldberg. And Goldberg shoves him off and leaves the ring, walking to the back. Yikes. Uh, Vince Russo storms out and, uh, and uh, Goldberg tells him or he tells Goldberg to get his ass back in the ring, which Goldberg replies with, what are you going to do about it? And he leaves. <sighs> Commentary then talks about how Goldberg went off script and ruined the planned finish of the match, so now Steiner and Nash have to improvise a finish. This was yep, this is real. <laughs> this is effing garbage. Uh, Medeja power, er, power walks to the ring, knocks out the ref by clipping his leg, uh, and then low blows Nash. Nash then low blows Steiner, so Medeja low blows Nash again. Commentary keeps putting over how they're just working on the fly and working without a script. Nash then hits a jackknife on Steiner for the win. Uncle Dave gave it a dud. I, I gave it two stars because I thought the wrestling was below average, but fine. What say you? <laughs> I gave it one. I was like, this is an embarrassment to poor wrestling. It's moments it like this where I'm like, I don't know why I watched this. Yep. This was something embarrassing that you don't want your your friends who were only casual fans to see. Yeah, man. It's just... this, this led to the promos for the next month saying Goldberg refused to follow the script. Yeah, bro. It's groundbreaking. Anybody go out and if you want to YouTube search for the promos for uh, for Fall Brawl 2000. Uh, yeah. But we're going to take our second to last break. When we come back, it's our main event. And we'll dive right into that after this break. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. 
Fanatics offers the world's largest collection of official sports apparel and gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, NASCAR, soccer, and golf. They even offer esports gear for the gamers among us. You can shop by brand, sport, team, or player. And if you sign up for fan cash, you get exclusive weekly deals. So head on over to Fanatics.com today. Fanatics is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. The main event Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, main event time. It's Booker T defending the WCW World Tag Team, or excuse me, World Heavyweight title against Jeff Jarrett in a match that went 14 and a half minutes. Jarrett instantly attacks Booker's hurt knee after a spin-a-rooney that Mark Madden messes his effing pants over. Uh, Booker accidentally smacks the referee, dropping him. Jarrett then grabs a guitar and blasts Booker in the knee with it during a crescent kick. Uh, Jarrett then locks in the figure four, but Booker gets free. Jarrett goes to hit Booker with the world title, but Booker moves, and Jarrett hits good old Slick Johnson with the title. Real name, by the way. Real name. Knock- <laughs> knocking him colder than a banker's heart. Uh, Booker then puts Jarrett through a random table that was set up next to the ring with a bookend. And now we get a new prepubescent ginger-looking referee. Jarrett low blows Booker, knocks the new ref out with a chair. God dang it. And hits the stroke on Booker onto a chair. Charles Robinson now runs down as the new ref now. Booker finally hits the bookend for the win. Mother of God, Uncle Dave gave it three effing stars. I gave it two and a half. What say you? I gave it two. It was like it could have been a lot worse. But by hell, by this time, I was already so checked out. I didn't even give a damn. Yeah, this, my gosh, this show sucked, man. This main event, I don't even know what to say about it. But we close the show with an advertisement for Fall Brawl that looked more like an advertisement for a big episode of Days of Our Lives rather than a wrestling pay-per-view. <laughs> it was pathetic. But now that we're done with that garbage, let's take a break, our final break. When we come back, it's final ratings, and we're telling you what's coming next week on the podcast right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Kubo TV offers you live sports and TV without the overpriced cable. Kubo TV offers 100 channels, live and on demand, plus over 130 streaming and 4K, and a cloud DVR is included. The Kubo TV app is available on all smart devices, so you can watch what you want, when you want. There are no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. Cut the cord and sign up for your free trial at Fubo.tv today. Kubo TV is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, final ratings time. IMDb gave this 5.2 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 2.67 out of 10. I gave it 4.5 out of 10 for F minus. What say you? I gave it an F this. Yeah, this can go to wrestling hell. Like, right along with that, uh, what was that UWF show that we reviewed? Uh, Blackjack Brawl. Just say UWF. Well, yeah, well, all of it. Just all of it. This was gross. It's just offensive to the eyes, I'll say that. 
But a hell of a way to start off August, man. I apologize to all of you out there. Next week will be better. August 11th, we're bringing you our first SummerSlam of the month, our first of two. This one uh, is WWF SummerSlam 1991. Looked at fondly by Greg as a kid. I was about to turn one year old at this time, so obviously I don't know anything about it. And I've never seen this SummerSlam before. It's so, pretty good. Yeah, this will be a first watch for me. I'm There's a match on excited. here you're going to watch and be genuinely, exci- or, uh, genuinely shocked how good it is. I'm not going to tell you which one. Huh. All right, well, we'll figure that one out next week. But yeah, so we've actually got something good next week. And uh, yeah, so anyway, I, again, subscribe to the podcast. And please leave a review and all that. And follow uh, on that, Twitter. Yes, at uh, main event underscore marks. That's us on Instagram as well. Facebook helps out as well. We're growing on there. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're growing all over the place. I didn't mean that to come out how it did, but... No, it's fine. Uh, we're getting sponsored by Blue Hopefully, so it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so do all that, and normally this is where I would say thanks for joining me today, Greg, but I, I, I'm sorry. I'm pretty pissed at you, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of myself at this point after this, so... It is what it is. Like I said before, can't all be first-round draft picks. <laughs> we'll see you next week with SummerSlam 1991, a match made in heaven and a match made in hell. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 